Episode 335, WandaVision, Season 1, Episode 5, on a very special episode. Welcome to Level 7, a podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And welcome to another episode of Welcome to Level 7. Right now, you can see playing in the background behind me are my baby pictures. Oh, nope, there's my third grade picture. And there's, oh, graduating me. And oh, there's there's little Samantha. <laughs> and oh, no, now she's in that awkward stage everyone goes through. Oh, but there she is graduating. And there's, there's Stuart. Oh, he's such a cute little baby. Oh. And there he yeah, is he in third grade playing with playing with a Star Wars action figures. Oh, it's so cute. Oh, and there he is in high school. Drama club. Yeah, <laughs> nice. That's true. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh so okay, now we're through that. And and here's the painting of the three of us standing together, which we've never actually done in real life. But uh yeah. That's that's the opening to our sitcom. Welcome to Level 7. I'm Ben, Ben Avery, and I've been joined by Samantha, who you saw her pictures floating by. And there's Stuart and, over there. And yes, I really did go through an extremely awkward phase. We I don't did. think it anyone did not. High school. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Puberty was not kind to me. I blew up like a balloon when I was, a t- when I was about 13. Okay, well, I'm it sorry if awful. I brought up any uh, awkward memories for you, but... Um, eh. that that was like forever ago that was a lifetime ago (laughs) here's my secret (laughs) every single every single school picture that i had taken um it's the exact same picture different shirt different size head but same haircut same (laughs) smile (laughs) and i'm i'm talking kindergarten through senior pictures that is the case so Yep, that's uh, that's the secret that you get to hear about yeah. little Benji Avery today. But anyway. <laughs> well, let's hope that you had the same smile, because otherwise, I mean, you might be a different person. No, I mean, like, it was literally just the same shape. Like, there was no change, and, and it's still kind of there uh, now today. But it was just this little side smirk kind of thing. No teeth. Um that's another secret about me. When I smile, you can't see my teeth, which is why I've never bothered getting braces because nobody's going to see my teeth anyway, except for my dentist when he moves my lips away. But it's just that's just the shape of of things. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. And uh, that's uh, not what you're here listening to this podcast to find out. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Is... <laughs> you're here. Although, I mean, I guess... We are talking about the 80s. I was a child of the 80s, uh, born in 74, and a lot of what we're going to talk about here today is straight nostalgia. This is not me watching something that was on TV because it was nostalgic. This was me watching it on TV because I was there and wanted to find out what was going to happen to Alex P. Keaton and his girlfriend, Ellen, and his other girlfriend, Courtney Cox. And uh, and then all <laughs> the girls along Courtney the way. Cox. 
Was yeah. Courtney Cox one of his girlfriends? A major That's girlfriend. Fantastic. Like she, she lasted multiple seasons, I believe. Um, mm. Yeah, she was she was a major addition to the cast, and they had a TV guide cover that was all about NBC finding a new girlfriend for Alex, and and it was just uh, Michael J. Fox and Courtney Cox on the cover of TV Guide together. Wow. Wow. But, but the big romance. And we're actually going to talk about it a little bit here um, for part of this episode. But the big romance was El- was Ellen and uh, Ellen and Alex P. Keaton. Um, it was the sitcom primetime romance of my high school years, basically. Um, it was one season long, but uh, that was the well, we'll talk about it. We have other things we need to talk about before we talk about this episode and the influences behind this episode. We actually have a little bit of news. It's Super Bowl Sunday as we're recording, and apparently there was a trailer that dropped for The Falcon and The Winter Soldier. This is as breaking news as I think we've ever gotten. I think so, too. Yes. There may have been a time or two where the – well, most of the time the news happens after we recorded the episode. Yeah, yeah. That's – Like we recorded terrible. the episode and then the next day some, something newsworthy happens and – um. But this time around, yeah, it's pretty close. It's pretty close to the moment. And the big news, Stuart, you'd mentioned that the big news was we have a date. Now, yes. l- let's give the date and then we'll talk about why I thought we already had a date. But I'm going to look at the calendar and see if it fits together with what's going on here. So go ahead. Uh, so let's talk about the date. That the, uh, the trailer. So the trailer came out with the Super Bowl. Um, and then the, the 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 big news about it is that um, it is March nineteenth. March nineteenth. So twelve five twenty six nineteen twelve five. How is that one two three four five six seven eight nine ten? When did Wandavision premiere? Was it the eighth? Let's see. Well, it was five weeks ago. Go. <laughs> Cool. Four weeks ago. Four weeks. Oh, that's right. Because we had a, two episodes that first week. Yeah, this is great radio. Um, <laughs> gonna Google. Okay, January, uh, January 15th. 15th. January 15th. 15th. Yes. Yes. So I think I already knew this date. And I think we already talked about this date. Because we thought, uh, let's see, 15, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9... And then the 19th was the date that they gave us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this fits with what I was thinking. WandaVision episode one was on the 15th. One and two, by the way, was on the 15th. WandaVision or Wanda and Vision's Legends episode was on the 8th. Those two episodes came out on the mm-hmm. 8th. Now, we thought we were going to get one episode every week from the 15th through the 12th. That would be mm-hmm. nine weeks, right? But we got two. Mm-hmm. So actually, our final episode of WandaVision is probably going to be the 12th. Now, we'll put an asterisk there because we're going to come back to that probably. Instead, it's going to be the 5th because we got two episodes on the 15th, which means there's going to be one week between WandaVision and the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Now... I think that on the 12th, we're going to get a Legends of Falcon and a Legends of Winter Soldier. Those previously Mm -hmm. on episodes that they they did for Wanda and the Vision. 
We'll get that on the 12th. And that might be one of the things that went into the decision to do two episodes on the 15th. Because I do remember us talking about how it was going to be straight through from the 15th Mm -hmm. through the 12th. And then starting with the 19th, it was going to be just jumping right into the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Do we have a sense of what's – I mean, I I hate to do this because this is what all – everybody does. But do we have a sense of what is after Falcon and Winter Soldier? Yes, we did. Um, but I don't have that right now. So I, I don't know, but, mm-hmm. but I, mean, I know he, Loki is there kind of, but I didn't think it was in production, but I could be wrong. Oh, Loki had I, a trailer. I thought, yeah. I thought yeah. Loki's oh. almost ready to go. Yeah. Um, we do know that in May, so March 19th is the first episode of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I don't know if we know how many episodes it is, but I've heard six which would take us into the end of April and in May is black widow. So mm-hmm. we could be looking at something where that, that actually builds some momentum for a return to theaters with, with black widow. It could be, mm-hmm. could be, um, here's the asterisk that I wanted to come back to. And I think I'm saying that word wrong. We had a, a long conversation at work, uh, <laughs> It was great use of meeting time about is it asterisk or asterisk. Um, but <laughs> all that aside. I think it depends on which side of the pond you are on. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but all that aside, I've heard people talking about how there could be a surprise 10th episode of WandaVision. And the reason for this, and I just don't know what to think about this. I've been thinking a lot about this kind of stuff. But the reason for this, that they believe this is happening, is because someone tweeted and said, I was involved in episode 10. And no, not possible that it's a mistake. No, it must be that there's a surprise 10th episode coming, even though all of the everything is said nine episodes. Then again, mm-hmm. Marvel, Disney, they like their surprises. Yes, they do. <laughs> Yes, Did, they do. Was that a reputable person who said that, or was that just a yeah, rando? Yeah, it was a reputable person who mm. genuinely, I, I do believe, is genuinely a part of production. Mm. But I think they just slipped up and said 10th instead of 9th. That's my well, my belief. We, you know what? You know what? Here's the great thing. We're just going to find out. Well, to me, here's the great thing. It really doesn't matter. Because That's what I mean. 10th episode or not, we're getting nine episodes for sure. And then we're yeah. jumping right into a new show. And here's the, the long and the short of this trailer that they produced and put out for Super Bowl Sunday. I believe that this trailer is meant to in, just let people know, hey, we know that WandaVision kind of lost you because it's not exactly what you're expecting from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But guess what? This one is. So, so you remember the Marvel Cinematic Universe? You remember <laughs> Avengers, right? You liked Avengers, yeah. <laughs> like, like, these guys were in Avengers. You'll like this, yeah, yeah. If you want to bring it back a little bit, as as wonderful as WandaVision is, and it mm-hmm. is quite wonderful, I realize and understand it is not for everyone, and not everyone's going to watch it and enjoy it, and that's okay because it's a certain style of storytelling that we're getting here. I think we might be in the next few episodes stepping into something that is going to be more along the lines of what people are expecting when they're saying, Oh, Marvel cinematic universe, Avengers, Spider-Man, Dr. Strange. 
its action, its venture, uh, adventure, and its comedy, you know? I think that we're going to get more of that with WandaVision. Enough so that I think the people who are saying, eh, not for me right now, are going to change their their tune and, and say, oh, okay, so if I just watch these episodes that I'm really not feeling, it's going to, it's setting up some stuff that I am really feeling. I That's my prediction for a lot of people. But the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, they're going to start out. And at the very beginning, it's going to be, hey, did you like Civil War? Hey, did you like Winter Soldier? <laughs> You're going to like this. You like Captain America, right? The spy stuff? You're going to like this. Speaking of which, uh, Wikipedia says there's only six episodes of Falcon Winter Soldier. So. Okay. Well, it, that could change. Uh, but again, that, that, puts us, that puts us right up to near closer. Okay. There, you know, that's also closer – I bet they're going to be the 45 minute closer to a 45 minute hour long episode than they will be a half hour episode. So, yeah, I, I think so too. I think we're going to get more. Well, I don't know. I say this and then I'm trying to remember the, the, the screen time, but I think it's going to be more Mandalorian. Uh, but that was 40 minutes, sometimes 30 minutes, sometimes 45. So who knows? They they do have a lot of flexibility because it is Disney Plus, so that's that's in their favor. But we will just have to wait and see. Right now, would you like to talk about Wandavision? I would like to talk about Wandavision. So, you guys know what I did to prepare my family for Wandavision? <laughs> yes. Thursday <laughs> night. You, t- you <laughs> yeah, told us. Told you guys, <laughs> Thursday night. Now Thursday night used to be. Must see TV on NBC. And back in the day when I was young, it was the Cosby show. It was family ties. It was those shows. And they were the big power ones. Back to the future rocketed Michael J. Fox into stardom. And he was on family ties. And so the season after back to the future, I mean, it just, the ratings went up and they actually offered Michael J. Fox the opportunity to be the um, the headliner of the show because he was third build. And he said, no, no, we're going to let um, Michael Gross and Meredith Baxter, they get to stay. They're the first two. And then it'll be me because I'm the next child, you know, and we're just going to leave it as it is. People were a little bit jealous of him, but that's neither here nor there. He had a lot of success. And the Family Ties was a very, very popular show. So on Thursday night last week, I sat down with my kids and we watched the pilot episode of Family Ties. And we watched the two part episode where Alex P. Keaton, season four or five, I can't remember, meets Ellen. And I now have two songs stuck in my head, just constantly going back and forth, back and forth, because after they went to bed, I also watched the episode where Alex tried to forget about Ellen because between seasons, she went to Europe on a dance scholarship. And so he started dating someone else from college and tried to make her be just like Ellen and snuck perfume and tried to spray her with the perfume, asked her to put her hair down. And she realized what was going on. So cause she was no dummy, but the songs were of course the family ties theme song and the classic, I can't remember the title of it or who sang it, but the, what did you think? 
I would say at this moment, that was the Alex and Ellen theme song. And whenever I hear that song, all I can think about is Alex at the train station telling Ellen how much he loved her and crashing her wedding before it happened so that she wouldn't get married <laughs> to the to the guy who was studying medicine at another college. But anyway. Wait, I think I remember that episode. That was a, I was very, very small when uh, uh, Family Ties was on. So, but I, a, I do seem to recall the later seasons. It was a huge episode. It was a big deal. Yeah. And again, they bring this girl in. Now, here's the, the fun trivia. He actually ended up marrying the woman who played Ellen. They got married uh, in real life. But anyway, all this to say, I'm preparing my kids for family ties because I just had a feeling we were moving into that that era based on a trailer and the living room that Alex or the Alex that Vision and Wanda were floating in. And I was like, that is so much like the living room you see in family ties from the coloring, uh, the, the muted tones, the browns and all that. And sure enough, the opening credits for this episode of WandaVision was Family Ties. I know some people were saying Growing Pains, and I'll say yes, but the painting of the family and then showing the pictures, showing the pictures with Growing Pains, the way they showed it, but also they did show pictures in uh, Family Ties. And then there's the running with the camera along the ground that we were also referencing in that opening credits. Full house. Yeah, of course. How's that for a little bit of meta? Now, there's going to be a lot of meta in this episode, but yeah. Another fun fact, they did a different house for the exterior. But did you know that Family Ties never actually showed an exterior house? Mm. And the reason I know that is because I was looking for the exterior, like a picture of the exterior house from Family Ties. And can't find one because they didn't do one which is very interesting but anyway yeah what do you think about the the 80s vibe let's start there 80s vibe welcome to the uh wandavision podcast not the family ties podcast hey next week it, we'll be talking about more sitcoms next week that are not Saved family ties by but the bell i'm hoping cross my fingers my kids um, asked I... for it my kids asked for saved what? by the bell they said do you think it's gonna go to saved by the bell dad i told them no <laughs> but that's it could because it could. you're an Eeyore. You Eeyored all over their ticket. I realize I realistically realistic realismed on them. Uh, whatever. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Well, my hair got frizzy the second that I saw all those wigs with the big hair because I was having flashbacks to the eighties and all the the awful hair and the clothes. The the front pleats on all of the pants. I mean, which makes you look bulbous. In, you know, that in your stomach area, I was having horrible, horrible flashbacks. Oh, my gosh. The patterns on the clothes, the materials, the way they were cut. Oh, my gosh. It was horrible. It was horrible. Ladies did not have it easy in the 80s. I'm just Mm going to put that out there right now. It was a lot easier to be a schlub if you were a guy. (laughs) It probably still is, but specifically to the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I... Uh, of course, love the episode. I think it's a great episode. And I think um, I, I'm not as steeped, apparently, in <laughs> 80s sitcoms as uh, my co-hosts. But I, too, enjoyed the uh, the 
you know, the, the vibe and the, and the whatnots. So just quick plot. This is the episode in which the boys grow up very quickly. Stuart, another family ties reference for you. That's going to go into star Trek, which we need oh, to. Yes. There you go. Yes. Nice. Season five. I think it was of family ties. Uh, Meredith Baxter was pregnant and had twins and they wrote it into the show rather than trying to hide it is as some sitcoms do. They wrote it into the show and she had a baby and they had a baby for that season. And that's actually one of the reasons why Ellen liked Alex is because he was really good with the baby. But between seasons, that baby grew from a baby who had been born a year later, a year before to a five-year-old. And that five-year-old was the young man who went on after Family Ties to play Worf's son in Star Trek The Next Generation. Brian something. I can't remember his last name, but I think it starts with a B. But Technically, Worf has a... Uh, the son is named um, Alexander. Alexander. And he gets yeah. take, and he gets sent off to, um, to be with Worf's step-parents, or foster parents, yeah. the Roshenkos. Um, I just watched the episode of DS9 where he comes back and tries to fight alongside the Klingons. And it's a very special moment between Worf and his son, Alexander. Cause what's funny is the joke is that Worf never remembers that he have a, that he has a son. So he always talks about with honor at family honor and all sort of stuff. And every time he does, it's like, don't you have a kid? Shouldn't you try <laughs> to be like around for the kid? So, yes. well, Okay, so the way that ties into WandaVision is other shows oh, yeah. have done that as well. But that's what happened on screen right here is you had the babies grow up to be little five-year-olds and then grow up again to be 10-year-olds, which is classic sitcom uh, shenanigans. And I just think it's funny that the family ties tie into this is also our on-ramp to Star Trek talk that you just got to do. Yeah, My... Mother used to watch one of those daytime soap operas, and I remember someone having a baby, and about five episodes later, that baby was a full-grown adult. So <laughs> That's <laughs> a little extreme, else, but yeah, yeah. but everybody else stayed the same age. <laughs> goes, goes along with what we're talking about. Uh, yes, it does. What I, what I found really interesting about that is she calls it out. You know, they're starting to – they're starting to – they're looking at each other like – and then she goes, no, don't you do it. Don't you do it. And then they do it. <laughs> well, and, that's and then later. Exactly it, what kids will do. Yeah. 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 And then later she tells them, don't do it because you can't just grow up and grow out of it. Um, I did see someone mention that when they were 10, that's the age that she lost her parents. And that's mm -hmm. the age she says, you, you need mm -hmm. to stop right now. Don't grow. You can't run away from this by growing up. You need to deal with the dog being dead and there's some possible emotional ties to her own life there having lost her own parents when she was 10 years old i would say that there's very direct emotional ties to that because i don't believe she's had the ability to grieve as a character um she hasn't had the ability to grieve quicksilver's death Pietro's death, she hasn't had the ability to grieve. Um, Vision's death, she hasn't had, you know, when her parents died, she had these powers and then got 
stuck in a cage. So, I mean, the ability for her to process all of this death and destruction around her has not happened. Well, and I think that's what we're seeing in this show. Yeah, and I, I like how sometimes shows, comics have done this too, that I've seen uh, movies will do this, where they kind of use as a shorthand for them as creators to go through like the five stages of grief. Now the stages of grief are not like something that you will do this exactly as it's laid out here in the stages. It might be different for, for you and, and how it, how they manifest, you know, but they are all kind of somewhat of a common denominator of, of how we deal with um, trauma and, and tragedy. And I want to take a look when things are done to see, do we see with Wanda, in a way that's not just like <laughs> I want to see the stages. And so I am watching for specific things, but, um, but see, like, did they actually use the stages of grief in, in this? Um, I'm curious to see if, if they did that because this is her, I think that this whole thing is her dealing with her grief mm-hmm. and because I think you're exactly right. Every time something happens, something traumatic happens, she's able to have time but then something else happens again, you know, and it's just this compounded tragedy in her life. And like, I feel like she got to an okay place at the beginning of civil war, you know, because she's on the team, they're doing a thing, they're, you know, running an op. She's, um, you know, she's able to be jokey with the rest of her team that, that insinuates that they are like pretty together as a team. They work well as a team. So I'd imagine she's gotten able to do some of that. Well, but then, but then like, then the Laos thing happens where she, um, which I think that was called out in this episode. It was, we'll talk Um, about it. Yeah. Where, you know, the, the tragic there, you know, and so she's really happy. And then she got put in a, and then she got put in another cage. So, yeah, I and, think she, I think and she, and goes then she loses these vision. Flows. Yeah. And then she loses yeah. vision again. So this, this episode, episode in particular, though, I really felt like was really tackling just death and, mm-hmm. and, and tackling, um, our response as the people who are left behind the living, uh, responding to death and specifically uh wanda although uh monica may have had some of her own things she's dealing with when they bring up captain marvel and really i we need to talk about the plot i mean the plot is fairly simple again but when they bring up captain marvel to monica she's kind of i don't really want to talk about her right now and you can only wonder, like, what what was it, you know, and how is that tied into lo- losing her her own mother, who was good friends with Captain Marvel? Yeah, well, which I think is why she um, she sympathizes with Wanda. I mean, if you notice, like at the brief at the briefing and at the uh, confrontation with Wanda later, she's defending Wanda. She's trying to get uh, get Wanda help and make sure that the team doesn't attack her. Um, and tried to appeal to the team uh, uh, sympathetically, um, as opposed to seeing her as the bad guy. Yeah, which was valiant, but ultimately, I think, un- unsuccessful, especially yeah. when you get to the, the end of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> 
But well, and the other thing with with Monica is that here is her mom's best friend who's going out and saving the galaxy, right? Come home and save her own, save her best friend. Well, that's just it. You know, it's this is a superhero trope, right? Superheroes don't mm-hmm. die. They they just don't die. And, and, mm-hmm. and I actually have a story I wanted. I only have a little bit of space in my brain to think about stories about other characters, other people's characters, I should say. I really don't want to tell stories about other people's characters because they're not mine. And the odds of me actually getting a chance to write a Coulson story or to write an Aquaman story or to write a Swamp Thing story, they're very, very low. And so I try and apply any of that creative energy to my own characters because the odds of me writing my own characters are really high because all I have to do is do it and and great. But I want I would love to write a story just about um, a, an incontinuity superhero where it's just someone confronting them like I lost my sister and your best friend has died five times and, and came back again. You know, and just how it's just not fair in the Marvel Universe. If you're a regular person, you die and you're dead. But if you're Bucky Barnes or if you're uh, Robin or if you're Batman or if you're I mean, so many characters die and come back, die and come back, die and come back. And it's not fair. And so that's kind of almost the the vibe I'm getting is from, from Monica. Like, it's not fair. Why did my mom have to die? And I think it is tied into the possibility of why couldn't you have come back? You can save the world, but you can't save my mom. Then again, it's the Superman conundrum. He can save so many people, but he, all his powers and he couldn't save his dad, you know, in, in that original Superman movie. And Well, and I think it also has to, uh, I think we've also seen that. You know, that affected Tony when um, not Mabel, Angela Bassett, shows up and is like, you dropped a city on my son. You know, that's the reason we are, you know, that's what I'm here to tell you is you dropped a city on my son and and all sort of stuff. And it changes his be his total behavior. So I think your story is incredibly valid. But I won't I'm get not, to tell and that I'm not story trying in to a, be like a Marvel comic. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. And I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to stroke your ego or anything like that. I'm just saying that I think that's a, a side of the the Marvel universe that could be could definitely be told. And I think we're trying to see some of that with Monica. It's definitely setting up because uh, one thing we did know is this actress is going to be in Captain Marvel 2 as mm-hmm. Monica Rambeau. Possibly as Photon, who was originally called Captain Marvel. Oh, oh no. I think she already has her powers. Well, I think she's getting her powers in this series. But when we see her in Captain Marvel 2, she won't be called Captain Marvel. But in the comics, she was called Captain Marvel. And then she was also, she changed her name to Photon. And I think we're going to see see some conflict between the two of them. Oh, yeah. it, It... it absolutely goes along with her light-based power. Yeah. Um, I uh, know someone very well who is in X-ray tech, um, and all I had to say was, oh, honey. Um, and I asked him about um, oh, about this X-ray. One, he said that the machine that they were using was ancient. And I said, well, honey, this is a um, 
this is a, a military operation. I'm not surprised if they're using an older machine. And he said, oh, yes, that's correct. So <laughs> that is right. Um, but also, um, I had I asked him what was going on with x-ray and how you really can get it, an exposure like that. And, and he said it's actually underexposed. Or someone is hyperdense, like Wolverine. Um, so I'm not sure what the molecular makeup of is with Photon. But, um, but again, I think it really illustrates very well, visually, that there's something going on with, uh, with Monica. Um, and we need to, we're being only hinted at what's going on here right now. But I think we also are some of us are aware of what is going on. I believe that by the end of this series, she'll have full on superhero powers and right. be using it for some purpose at the end here. Uh, but at the same time, uh, I do like the, just the, the gentle reveals. And also I love that she conveniently says, Nope, we're done before anyone really has a chance to find out what is going on with her. Cause right now they're, they, they think it's technical error. Well, we, there's also a lot that's going not. on right now and she's not going to, and she's not the kind of person who's just going to sit around waiting for test results when there's something really major happening right outside the camp. Right. And no one's expecting her to be a superhero. Like she's not right. saying this because oh, I don't want anyone to know that I've got superpowers right now. no, that's not why she's saying it, but for us, it's convenient and it allows us to to have that mystery. Right. Continue. Speaking of mysteries, who do you think the aerospace engineer is? <laughs> have you read uh, online theories about the aerospace no. engineer? No. I I read some, and, and I mean honestly, I've read enough to 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 know that people are pulling everybody out of the hat there's a front runner there's a front runner mm. and i i did look into just who would be an aerospace engineer from the marvel universe not even thinking about the front runner and then i start coming across the front runner and i i don't i don't know how to talk about this you know we're really really careful about spoilers and we, we don't are. we don't take a lot of time you know looking at theories that other people have have looked up and created online. We do some of that and we talk about some of that and yeah, we talk about our own this, theories, but is this a possible spoiler or is it just a, a, a collection of fan theories? This is a collection of fan theories. I don't think it's actual okay. spoiler because I don't think it's right. It could be though. It could be right. Like everything, every time I say a theory is not right, I am never saying that there's no way that it's right. It could be. It's just, I don't think it is. And, and I, proudly stand on my mistakes and when i'm wrong i i cop to it you know mm -hmm. and so i but i just don't think this is this is right because they're saying uh it's it's one of the fantastic four right you mm. know like that's the front runner for a lot of the people who are theorizing and that, that we were just they just mentioned the fantastic four and now you know going forward we may never actually see this aerospace engineer whoever it was helped them Right. That's that's the the missile that they created or the drone that they created that goes in was uh, created with the help of whoever this aerospace engineer is. Um, but again, is it is it Reed Richards? Is it Sue Richards? You know, 
I don't, I don't think so. I don't think this is the place and time that they're going to introduce that. Could be wrong. Disney likes their, their surprises. Um, so, okay. The Incredible Hulk, Mr. Blue and Mr. Red, right? So, uh, Edward Norton was emailing somebody and Mr. Blue was the guy he was emailing. And didn't that turn out to be Iron Man? Man, I don't remember that. I don't think so, though. I thought it turned out to be, uh, I I thought it turned out to be the guy from Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Oh, yeah, you're right. And I think I was thinking it was going to be Iron Man. That's what it was. Okay. Okay, never mind. I don't know. I, I, I think, I think that there are a, I think that there's a lot of fans wanting, you know, X-Men and the fantastic four. Now that Disney owns it, they're looking for every possible angle for them to, you know, make their sly little entrance into the MCU. Well, and we might as well talk about it, you know, and, and we're getting into spoilers now that, it's spoilers for this episode, though, everyone. If you're already listened, we, I'm sorry that we didn't talk about our spoiler policy, but we spoil the episode that we just saw mm-hmm. and and talk about possible futures, but usually talk about it without any kind of special knowledge. So just so you know, I 100% will say I don't have any special knowledge other than my hunch, my feeling. But let's talk about the other franchise are we talking about star wars again star trek yeah yeah we're talking about star (laughs) trek no um we're talking about the x-men because again we we really should have talked about the the plot the plot's pretty simple though the kids grow up quickly in the town and they find a dog it's a puppy they want to keep it and a drone gets sent into the town and this drone causes Wanda to come outside. They lose track of where the dog is because the door gets open and she destroys the drone, goes outside, confronts people outside, including Monica and the acting director and uses her power of mind control over the, the soldiers and has them all turn their guns on the acting director, tells them, do not come and leave me alone. And she actually has a little bit of her accent, which I did terribly just now. Then she turns around, goes back into town. And when she goes back into town, the dog's dead. It ate some poison. And it's really awkward and weird. And Agnes is there. Agnes has been there all along for all these moments. She's seen Wanda use her magic. She's seen the kids grow up. And now she's holding the dead dog in the blanket. Although... In comic books, if you don't see a body, it's not dead. We didn't see the dog's body. It was wrapped up in a blanket, sitcom style. And she has a long talk about death, but she's also losing control. And at the end, after Vision has gone and buried their dog in the backyard, he's coming in and washing his hands and he confronts Wanda and they get in an argument. And she says, everything I've done, I've been doing for us. I've been doing for us. And he says, this is wrong. This is wrong because when he was at work, not Phil. Was it Norm? Norm or Phil? It's Norm. Norm. Yeah, Phil is mustache guy, the stash. Mm-hmm. And this was Norm. He touches Norm, shorts him out a little bit, and Norm 
becomes himself and says, you've got to stop her. I need to call my sister. I, you know, he has a life that he's had interrupted and, and it's, he's, I think they're all living in these bodies, but have no control over what they do and what they say. And, and then vision shocks him back into place. And then bada boom, bada bing, he goes home. He knows something's wrong. And Wanda just, no, nothing's wrong. Nothing's wrong. But they argue and, and she's, he's scared. And she says, you think I'm in control of all this? And then there's a doorbell. Now the whole time the boys were saying, you can bring back the dead mom. You can bring back the dead. She's also talked a little bit about her brother during this time. And then the door rings and we see someone with silver hair and he steps in the door and everyone applauds like it's Fonz or Skippy or, you know, whoever it might be from, you know, the, the, the guest star, you know, the person that isn't in every episode, but when he shows up, everyone likes him. And it's George Clooney and the Golden Girls. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And it's Quicksilver, but it's Evan Peters, not Aaron Tyler Johnson, am I am I getting yeah. that name right? Yes. Okay, so so who's Evan Peters? Okay, Evan Peters is an actor who you might know from American Horror Story and some other things, but he's also Quicksilver from the X Men movies. What? No, no, I didn't know that. <laughs> well, you did, but thank you for trying to pretend because you really didn't know that. I but had we it. I had it, Ben. <laughs> Oh, Stuart, I, I couldn't no. live the lie, man. I couldn't live the lie. Okay, so okay. So I wish legit. that we had not had conversations on Facebook about this episode before we got to record about it because that moment would have been real. I was so surprised. We were trying very hard. Well, somebody did put hashtag save it for the show, and it was yes, that yes. was ignored. Okay, that would have been Samantha, dear listener. Okay, so okay, but hold then on, hold who on. talked more well, about legit. things than than anyone else after that? Yeah, was right? it was it me? It was close. <sighs> it was close. Okay, hold on, guys. Okay, okay. Legit though, <laughs> I didn't okay. know that Evan Peters was Quicksilver in the X Men Cinematic Universe. I haven't watched all those movies. I got uh, sort of burned out pretty early on. I mean, I I worked in the movie theater with the first X-Men movie. Um, I loved it. It's great. X-Men two is pretty good. X three is okay. And then they kind of, you know, I kind of was like, I'm done with these. I did watch the new mutants. That was pretty good, but none of the characters are in that. So I'm, you know, I don't know X-Men. So when we were having this conversation, I legit didn't know that Evan Peters was Quicksilver in the X-Men cinematic universe. To all, that's to, real interesting, guys. That's real interesting. In my defense, with all of that, I thought you knew because you had watched the episode and you're like, my mind is blown or something like, you know, some sort of thing where you're like, I can't believe this. And right, right. I'm like, I know, right? Evan Peters, you know, who's he? <laughs> I'm like, well, I think you're joking. And so I tell you, and you're not joking. But, but that's, but that's okay, Ben. That's okay. Yeah. It's, it's fine. It's still really awesome, right? But it would have been so much more fun if we caught it on microphone. That's all. It would have been. And I was trying to recreate that, but you just can't live a lie. I can't. I'm not Wanda. I'm Vision. No, you're not. I'm the you Vision in vi- this relationship here. You are. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
<laughs> okay, guys, we're going to have to re review this conversation that we had later because I went quiet for quite a while for quite a while after that. So after Samantha, I put it's up the hashtag. so not a big deal. I know, but you know what okay. I want to do with this conversation at for the after credit. So that's yeah. true. We can do that. We can do that. Okay. We'll do okay. a we'll do a dramatic recitation of that conversation that we had okay. on Facebook, and then Everybody those people will... who are always curious what it sounds like when we're, <laughs> we're talking on Facebook in our messenger, they'll 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 hear it. Okay. <laughs> uh, so okay, the reason this is interesting to me, you compare the Evan Peters thing with, you know, him being in in Days of Future Past and whatnot as an X Men to. Wanda put, turning all the guns on the director very similarly to Magneto doing that in the first X-Men movie. It is a recognizable move. It is for sure. And so to me, that's two references. So I feel like I need to make a declaration right here on the show, Ben. and Samantha. Oh, you know what okay. happens when you make a declaration? You got to stand by it. Until you find out if you're right or wrong. I will stand by. I mean, I will stand by it until I find out I'm right. (laughs) Because that's how that works. Make your declaration. Uh, Yeah. Here's the declaration. We are going to see the X-Men used in WandaVision. So you're saying. Maybe not, but. And last week we talked about maybe we just saw the first two mutants in the Marvel Cinematic (laughs) Universe with the two children. Mm-hmm. I'm, uh, and now you're saying we just saw our first X Man, and I, I'm not convinced. So wait, wait a minute. I guess what I'm saying is this is the introduction of the mutants in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I don't know if we have seen you know the X Men and Professor X and all that sort of stuff. So I guess I guess I right now I technically am backpedaling, but. I was going after this is the mutants. We we are going to see whatever the genetic equivalent of, you know, because we already had the Inhumans, which were the low rent TV version of the mutants, right? Which I'm rewatching right now (laughs) with my kids. I'm sorry. It's it's not bad. I thought you liked your kids. (laughs) It's not bad. It's just, and I warned them, you know, it's not perfect. And the no. ending, the ending causes me to say, I don't want to watch this again because it's just taking us to this ending that that's not, although I, yeah, we're watching it again. The kids are asking for it. Be careful right. what you ask for. You just might get that's it. Right. Yep. This is a lesson learned. So what's the difference between an inhuman and a mutant? Okay. So the main difference is besides the fact that it's just an opportunity to have groups of people with powers, right? Right. So they go along together in that way. And in fact, the Inhumans were maybe going to replace the mutants in the Marvel Universe in the comics because of the whole Disney owns one and then the film rights to the other are with Fox, which doesn't matter now. But mutants, it's it's a mutation, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you're you're born and you have a mutation in your gene in humans. Is there's in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, there is a mutation that you have that you are an inhuman, and then the Terrigen Mists will activate powers. And and then the same kind of thing was was going on in the comics as well. Where you, you 
the terror there's a terror there's a cloud of terrigen mist that was like traveling around and and causing people to spontaneously gain power from from the terrigen mist yeah so it is an outside thing that triggers your power with the inhumans and it's a internal thing with the mute with the mutation mm-hmm. usually it gets triggered by some sort of emotional moment in life though and so there's a lot of parallels to puberty with that okay mm-hmm. so in the comics with the inhumans are they um like in agents of shield are they also um descendants of aliens not descendants of aliens but it was they were experimented on okay yeah yeah and so they're descendants from 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 that and then also okay. like the inhumans show they lived in what was called the blue area of the moon uh where they were just living peacefully um and i mean honestly in humans as a tv show was surprisingly comic accurate with some of the things that they were doing i mean they had lockjaw the, the big dog you know and they mm-hmm. had uh black bolt couldn't speak because if he did that was his power you know and it, uh it was it was it was a decent show and and probably the worst part about it for me is that it wasn't better than it was so that more people could like it and then also had a better ending so that if they never did a season two, it was okay. And instead we get the uh, <laughs> Asgard is not a place, it's a people kind of a thing because they have to leave the moon and come to the earth. And we will never see Black Bolt again. No, because he's going to be on Strange New Worlds. Right. I personally think the worst part about that show, Ben, for you, was having to pay the toll to go see it in the theater. <laughs> I seem to remember a live episode uh, driving. That road trip, yep. Oh, the road trip, yes. The road trip to go see Inhumans in IMAX. Right. IMAX theater. That that trip, man. That was – it's an episode. It's out there. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have not listened to it, you can go and find our Inhumans coverage. And that road trip episode, me and my buddy Evan – it was quite a thing. <laughs> yeah, and that was on Strangers and Aliens podcast, correct? No, it was on was our feed. I believe I put it in both. Okay. I, I believe it went in both, but I yeah, it yeah. was, but it was definitely on our feed. I, I I remember that. So, but but anyway, so yes, I think we're seeing X Men. You know. Uh, the 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 start of rise of the X Men. I think we're going to see um, uh, 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 the mutants sort of make their debut in the Marvel Cinematic Universe with this show. That's my declaration. So okay. um, I actually have a dec- sort of decorate declaration okay. in the right. same vein. This may actually be a soft open to the X-Men in the MCU because we may see by the end of this series that Pietro doesn't really exist, that he only exists within this hex bubble and that, you know, once the show's over and she, she and uh, vision decide to leave this hex bubble. I don't think this version of Pietro is going to be in existence anymore in the universe. But I mean, that's just one theory that I have floating around my head. The other theory is that it is, an introduction, a full introduction to the X-Men and the MCU. I, I have a, I should have written them all down, but I have a list of things it could be. 
Well, I, I gave you my list of three things that it could be. We'll read that as part of our dramatic reading for our post credit. <laughs> but uh, just everyone, to, to quote Joker, everyone's losing their mind about this. And in some ways, rightfully so. But the problem is I see a lot of people and I just, uh, okay. I'm going to stand. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me get the soapbox for you, Ben. Here you no, go. No, I'm, I'm going to stand on this declaration. And I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to own it. Okay. If I'm wrong, I'm going to own it. I don't think we're looking at a multiverse situation. And that's what people are so excited about right now is that this is the beginning of this multiverse situation and that this is the X-Men cinematic universe crossing over with the marvel cinematic universe wanda has just pulled her brother from another universe over in to her hex bubble what's the name of the next doctor strange movie again the multiverse of madness i get that i just don't think it's happening here and i don't think okay okay. and i again i could be wrong I, i just don't think that's happening here i have a couple different theories about who and what this could be one of the theories is that uh, this is just stunt casting <laughs> that that they have brought in Evan Peters to play this recast version of her brother with the meta knowledge that we have, right? To get the moment of the sitcom where the special guest star steps through the door and people cheer. Okay. Here's um, my question. Well, my uh, problem is that the uh, uh, Pietro coming into the WandaVision show is one of the things that was spoiled for me in the IMDb trivia. Uh, oh, okay. All right. I was also yeah, spoiled it, that he was coming, but not by IMDb. Yeah. It was, a, it was a, um, people f- said something about it. Yeah. Okay. But not Evan Peters. That surprised me. Oh, okay. I'm not going to say, yeah, <laughs> but I'm not going to say what exactly this trivia said, but all I'm going to say right now is that I knew that Pietro was coming into this show. I okay, knew. So Ben. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I knew that Evan Peters was going to be in this. I didn't know. And I didn't think he was going to be Quicksilver. I, 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 I thought he was going to be like one of the boys all grown up or something like that. I don't know. Okay. So here's my question. Yes. If this is stunt casting, right? Mm-hmm. This is this is uh, uh, Doc Brown showing up on Family Ties. I don't know if Christopher Lloyd ever did show up on Family Ties, but let's say he did. No, no, no. Here's, is... here's the Family Ties example. Meredith Baxter played Michael J. Fox's mother on Family Ties. Michael J. Fox goes on to another show, Spin City, and Meredith Baxter mm-hmm. comes on to that show and plays a okay. different mm-hmm. character because it's different Michael J. Fox character, but plays his mother – in that mm-hmm. show. And so she mm-hmm. shows okay. up and people applaud because yay, it's this person we already know. It's this person we have a relationship with who has a relationship with him. And it's the same. That's where I, I call it stunt casting is the same kind of thing where we're bringing in this person. You recognize this person. And by bringing this person, the meta knowledge you bring to it, unless you're Stuart, uh, you know who it is. And if you don't know who it is, it's Okay. You know, because you'll you'll find so, out. But here's my question: Why not have Pietro, whoever that guy was from Ultron, be this Quicksilver? If it's stunt casting and this takes place in the MCU, 
why not have Pietro from the MCU be Quicksilver? That is a valid argument. Uh, I think it's a super valid question for sure. And I think that my answer to that would be that Wanda is talking about, I can't bring back the dead. And so no, pretty sight. You don't like doing it. Ah! So she can't that bring back. <laughs> she can't bring back the dead. And so instead she has plucked this person from obscurity. Uh, I can't remember the example I gave in the Facebook thread, but that'll come up in the we'll post credit. Yeah. But <laughs> instead it's, it's this random person who again, for us allows us to instantly recognize him as like the ultimate Easter egg, but not as, you know, we're crossing dimensional lines. Now there are other theories about who he could be where I won't say exactly, but they're saying that he's actually a bad guy here, you know, or, Mm. um, you know, so there's some theories I've seen about that. There's some theories I've seen about, uh, again, it really is crossing over the multiverse, um, there's some theories like where, where I'm saying where it's just random Joe getting brought over or the other big one that I'm seeing out there about this is the, is this the missing person? Is, <laughs> is this the person that, that Jimmy Wu was looking for in the first place? And one of the I things thought, that gives some credibility to that said, one. I thought in the recap, it's Jimmy Wu said, it's not a missing person. It's a missing town because it grew to that. <laughs> he came to that town because he had oh. his person disappear and then he gets to the town and realizes not only has my person disappeared, but my town, this whole town has disappeared. And you would think it's going to be a. What? I was going to say his missing person's going to be Ant-Man. <laughs> I, uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I look at it and say, here's the interesting thing. They went through that whole situation where they were looking at all the faces and identifying all the people from the town. His missing person was never mentioned on screen. Now, maybe they mm-hmm. found him because maybe it's not important. But if the missing person is important, it's also important that they didn't see the missing person in all of that. So it is a possibility that and this person is a missing person. Twice. He did mention it twice because he, you know, the first one was, this is my missing person. You know, I, I tracked him all the way to here. I can't find anybody. I've been calling everybody in the phone book. I got to letter D, no dice. Right. And then he mentions it again in the briefing. He's like, remember, this is started as a missing person. So let's start identifying everybody. So if you mention something twice. And put it in the, the recap. Right. The line was in the recap for this episode. Third time because it's you know now you're dealing with the 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 writer thing of the three. The power of three. Yeah. On the flip side, it could just be the inciting incident that brought them to the place. Mm -hmm. You know, and and, yeah. I'm beginning to formulate a theory, and it's just a theory at this point. And it has to do with one of the two people that we suspect to be the missing person. So Agnes is in this episode a lot and her, I think she's also one of the people that encourages her to try to bring Sparky back from the dead. I'm wondering if Wanda has been manipulated to create this hex scenario. And I'm wondering if it's Agnes and I'm wondering if she's trying to somehow manipulate Wanda to bring her husband back from the dead, because it's possible that 
because Agnes talks about her husband all the time, but we never see him. Mm -hmm. That's really interesting. Yeah, but I'm wondering if he's one of the people that died just prior to the snap. So he is dead, dead and not blipped. And I'm wondering if she's trying to see if she can get Wanda to bring him back. Because like they said in the episode, Wanda under certain circumstances could have defeated Thanos. You know what I really, here's what I really like about that theory. Okay. Mm -hmm. I haven't read that anywhere. Like that's, that's brand new. Now there's a lot of Agnes theories out there. And a big, a big theory is that there is a Marvel comic character that Agnes could be, who is actually a foil for Scarlet Witch. And, and it, it, I'm not going to get into that because that could be a spoiler, but anyone with a, with a keyboard in front of them could go and look for it if they wanted to about who this person could be. If it turns out it is the person we'll talk about her for sure. Okay. Um, it's just, I don't think Wanda is entirely in control in this hex because she didn't expect Pietro to show up at her door and her boys are completely out of control of her power. I mean, she tried to get them to go to sleep with her powers and they would not, they've aged up twice on their own. And that was not her. That was, that was their choice. And and everything relating to the kids is beyond her. Like that stork wouldn't obey her powers. Right. The interesting thing about that is Agnes just casually watches this happen and then says, kids can't control them, you know, which is true. <laughs> okay. It's very and then true. And she shows up with the doghouse. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the Agnes thing is really interesting. It's clearly a thing. There's something, and we've already talked about how there's mm-hmm. something more with Agnes going on than, than just what was going on. But what I, what I'm really curious about is how does this all fit in, you know, but you're talking about her, about Wanda losing her powers with, or losing control of things with, with them. One of the interesting things to me is yes, whenever it deals with her children, she doesn't have the same amount of control, but also she kind of loses control of things when she leaves and comes back in. Now she changes her force field. It turns red. I think it's turning more powerful. And I think that she's gener- or channeling more of her power to that. So she walks in, the dog is dead. And Vision is able to confront her. And she's not able to stop him. He says, yes, we all just go to bed. And then you rearrange things. And we wake up and, and we have a new life. And she says, no, I'm going to bed now. And credits start rolling. And he's, no. This is not the end. We're having this conversation. He has I his. I loved that part. Mm-hmm. By the way, he has way. his human a- face on in the kitchen. Walks through to confront her in the living room, and he's he's got his regular face. And I think that she is slowly losing control because she has to expend so much power to keep things as they should be. And, and I think right. that there, I think that there's like some life lessons here. You know, the more you try and control things, the harder it gets, and the the harder it gets, the more energy you have to expend on it. But the easier it is to lose control, and and as things start spinning out of control, what happens? It affects your relationships. It affects your personal uh, well being. It's it's a problem, and 
And I think that this is what's happening to Wanda is she is slowly losing her control because she's expending so much to keep it all together. Yeah. I mean, her not being able to control her sons is one thing, but yet Pietro shows up out of nowhere and she was not expecting it. So that's that's a whole nother that's a whole level. nother yeah that's a whole nother bushel of apples i mean yeah so i have one more question and then i will be done with my questions so the director says doesn't she have any weird name or anything like that <laughs> <laughs> and i went well no scarlet witch this is what i asked in the in the facebook chat and then my lovely wife who's watching it I mean, because we're separated. We're not separated, but I'm in a. I'm a You're not in the same home. room watching it. You're we're not in the same room watching it. We're you know asynchronously watching it. She she goes didn't didn't wasn't her name like Scarlet or Red Witch or something like that. So here's my question: Is that important? Did she get called Scarlet Witch at some point? Because I thought she did, but I can't find it. I don't think so. I think they might have called her that witch maybe once. Just kind of referring to her powers, but I don't think I, I'm I'm positive they never called her Scarlet Witch, and I I mean in in universe <laughs> no one called her that that people are aware of, you know right. It, so I, I I'm I think that that's them just hanging a lampshade on the fact that they didn't use the weird code name. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting because we have seen that promo picture from the trailer. Of her in that outfit. In, in yeah. a comic accurate outfit, yeah. 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 Um, though I, I'm I'm thinking possibly by the end of the series, somebody will call her Scarlet Witch. And I'm going to guess it's going to be in the episode where she is wearing the comic accurate uh, costume, ironically. And it could even be the acting director. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's see. We got, there's more things we can talk about, like she stole vision's body i think i had mentioned this uh oh yes i don't think this was a declaration but i said that i believe that she actually had reanimated his dead body and was giving it life somehow whether mm -hmm. it's her just controlling it like a puppet or whether it's her actually bringing him to life i mean they actually asked the question how is he how does she bring him to life without without the the stone you know well mm -hmm. here we are and uh, we see now, I, I was right about that one. <laughs> there are two details that I caught in this episode. So Vision's body was stolen from the sword lab nine days prior to this episode. Mm -hmm. And if every um, episode is a new decade, um, and we see that this is the fourth episode where we can see that they're in a new decade of television. So that means that this is that the hex bubble began four days ago, then that means Wanda waited five days between stealing his body and creating this little pocket universe. So something have, had to have happened in the five days. So she needed something else. I, I think it could have been longer than that though, because they do talk about episodes that we haven't seen. Right. But I was going off of, uh, honey, I'm going to bed now. And and vision saying, well, when you when we go to bed, it's a new day. The next uh, everything's different the next day. Yeah, I, I just I think that we've we've not seen every episode. OK, that she's created. But again, who knows until it's spelled out for us? We, we can't know. True. 
Uh, let's see. Another Family Ties reference. Sit, Sparky, sit. Good dog. That is from the producer card at the end of uh, Family Ties and other shows. But it's sit, Ubu, sit. Good dog. <laughs> I loved that. Uh, another interesting thing, back to the color red. They're watching the drone footage as the drone is going through the town. And when the drone puts its camera on Wanda, it's a black and white image that this drone is sending back. Her eyes are red in mm-hmm. in that, which is she's manipulating stuff here. It's very interesting, though, because the signal that's going back is black and white. There is no color signal going back. So at some point, she is manipulating something to have red eyes to look, I think, scary. What is interesting about this show, and I've said it before and I'll say it again, is that they are playing with television. I guess it's tropes. But it's definitely like the vernacular of television, right? Yes, definitely. So, so the idea that like they were talking over the credits and having dramatic conversation, like stuff was happening over those credits, and it wasn't like knock knock, you know, bonk bonk on the head. You see, Timmy, don't do drugs. It was like major drama, but it was being hidden behind these credits. So if you weren't paying attention. You're seeing credits, your your show's done. Or is it? So I, I love that about this show. This show presented this way could not have been done five years ago. But here's the interesting thing about this episode. The other episodes, when we were in the TV show, the aspect ratio for the 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 screen that we're looking at is four, three. It's the television tube shape, the squarer squarer shape, as opposed to our widescreen television monitors, computer monitors, phone screens, and that sort of thing. And then when it would move to the real world, it would spread out and, and get wider on the sides and get narrower uh, top and bottom and get us into that letterbox style the cinematic style this episode it moved a little bit but we were in full uh monitor size current day monitor size it did not go into that four three at all for this episode Hmm. it did squeeze down into the more cinematic letterbox size or i'm getting phrasing wrong probably when we move from one to the other and it gave a little bit of that whooshy sound as it moved from one to the other, but it was full screen on my television when we were with Wanda, but it was not that old school, old style. Uh, it was really what they do now sometimes for some of these old shows is they actually compress it and, or expand it rather so that you lose the top and the bottom and well they they zoom in the they zoom in the picture they you know they take the picture they make it bigger so you lose a little bit of pixels and so you end up with some characters mm-hmm. where like they do a shot and their eyes are like right along the top because mm-hmm. of that yeah but it was interesting to me to see and again i think this is kind of showing she's losing her control this is mm-hmm. a visual thing where it's breaking down Regular television didn't go into the more letterbox style until what the early aughts. Yeah, it was. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. It was not. Well, it was definitely not the eighties. 
Oh, the 80s were still definitely in that 4-3 ratio. I mean, yeah. What would happen in the 80s when you would get a movie and the credits are spread out across the whole entire screen, they would have to keep the widescreen image at the beginning of a VHS tape for the credits, but then they would actually put something along the top and along the bottom so that the whole screen in your house, as you're watching it on your VCR, the whole screen has something on it and you don't think there's something wrong. Then when those credits are gone, they can go back to do pan and scan and do those zooms so that the whole screen is filled with an image. The whole screen is filled with an image. Some movies would actually shoot in four, three and then cut the top and bottom off. And, and then the, that's their widescreen. Uh, uh, Terry Gilliam did this for, I think it was Brazil at least where mm-hmm. it's actually shot. So it was, it would fit a television screen when it's put on VHS and, yeah. Anyway, you're right, though, Stuart. They're using a language of television that could not tell this story in the same way in any other medium. Mm-hmm. It just wouldn't work. I mean, down to the colors, down to the idea that, you know, um, what's her name is getting all that cosmic microwave background radiation. You know, it's definitely that. So when you're when you're going back and forth, and I think this episode is kind of blurring the lines between Wanda's <laughs> between Wanda's vision or Wanda's creation and the real world. That's why you don't have such stark um, contrast. Yeah. Um, one of the things, again, going back to the IMDb trivia, one of the things that it mentions is that um, for every decade, they used the decade current method of, filming television. So I don't think they actually brought in the old school cameras, but they actually did use the same type of uh, camera lenses and the same type of lighting. So like for this, the eighties, they used tungsten lighting, which is um, very, very much brighter than they would use now. Nowadays they would use led lighting. Um, Actually they can, even these days with digital uh, cameras, they can actually just use candles, which they couldn't use back in the eighties at all to light a set. But, but in the eighties, that's what WandaVision production, the production company for WandaVision used to film this episode for just the in the little bubble universe scenes. Uh, it's interesting you mentioned that you couldn't use, you couldn't film with like a candle. Uh, the first episode, the pilot episode of, of Family Ties, starts with them looking at a slideshow in their living mm-hmm. room, and it's a, you know they have the slide projector, and it looked so bad, so bad because they're trying to light it so it doesn't look like it's lit but at the same time you can't just have them sitting in the dark and so it it just i was really surprised when that was the first shot of of that show uh let's see Uh, which relates back to the titles okay i didn't realize that's why they used the slideshow for the title sequence well no the 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 uh what was the other show we were talking about growing pains they actually Mm -hmm. did that where they would show like three pictures uh of each child uh, for Family Ties, I think they just used one. They might have used other ones. I wasn't paying a whole lot of attention. Um, but they also did that for um, Full House, where they would show each each child kind of growing up in, in picture form. Oh, yeah. and... So for Fuller House, they kept that same motif. So they had, you know, they show um, a DJ, but it starts out when she's a little girl. So it takes those like three or four shots from her, from the original series and then adds more to show her that she's, you know, 
grown up and now become a mom. So it's really, they kept that. I've always found it cute to that they actually use, I think, like actual baby pictures of those actors, you know, and it's kind of fun to see that. But for Vision, <laughs> tell me how cute was baby Vision or how creepy because <laughs> it's a it little was, bit it was of a little on the creepy side because we all saw Vision's birth on the big screen in Age of Ultron. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, but that goes back to Wanda's wanting a normal quote unquote normal life. A normal husband would have baby pictures, right? Right. And he doesn't remember anything before this whole situation. He doesn't remember anything before Westview. And he says, I don't know who I am. And he says, I'm scared. And he says, this is wrong. And she says to him, trust me. And he says, I want to, but I'm ignoring statistics entirely. The other question I have about that whole situation though, is how much did the people who were watching here did when credits started rolling, was that it? Did she edit the episode, send it out? And that's what Darcy and Jimmy are watching. And they don't get to see this whole scenario here because they saw Evan Peters at the door. And Darcy says, did they just recast Quicksilver? But did they hear that whole conversation where Vision was trying to figure out what in the world is going on? That was fantastic when she asked if they recast Quicksilver. Yeah. That was yeah. great. <laughs> uh, episode finishes, credits are rolling, and I said, and that is the X-Men Quicksilver. And my kids just thought it was awesome. What an amazing thing. Uh, my one daughter, who has been predicting that Aaron Taylor Johnson, or whatever the guy's name is, will come back as Quicksilver, uh, was a little disappointed because it wasn't him. But she's been she's holding firm to that. She's made her declaration, and she's holding firm. See here. I've got another note. Oh, also, I've been watching the show Sam and Cat with my kids, which it's a Nickelodeon show, and it's been, I like it entirely more than I should. But <laughs> Phil, mustache guy, the stash, showed up on that show as a, um, I, I can't remember. He, he was a delivery guy or something like that. And I was like, wait a minute. I recognize that. <gasps> no mustache, but that's Phil. <laughs> And I looked it up. It was was him in children's television. It was him. Yep. Hey, we got a lot of feedback to get through. So is there anything else you want to talk about? We haven't even talked about the living will that vision had. And we haven't talked about the very, what made this a very special episode is the, with that conversation about death and family. Can we just discuss very quickly the differences between the X-Men Quicksilver and the MCU Quicksilver? Yeah, sure. One is boring and the other has one of the best superhero scenes in all of superhero movies. Yes. Okay. So, um, (laughs) so I I don't think I need to review exactly MCU Quicksilver. I mean, he's Wanda's twin brother, older by about a minute or so. But in the X-Men, we first see him in 1973. um, And he's in his late teens, early 20s at this point. He's Wanda's older brother by several years and not the twin. So I'm thinking if he's showing up in the 80s as Wanda's older brother, um, then he had to be about 10 years older at this point from the X-Men movie. We may be seeing some differences in the next episode where he's saying, oh, yeah, my little sister and treating her as a little sister. And she's like, wait, you're my twin. 
Uh, the other interesting thing about that is he's not, this isn't the eighties either. Like right. the TV well, shows, the eighties, uh, yeah. but this is him. I mean, he's, this is 2025, 23, 23. Okay. Yeah. So this is going to be, I told you guys, it's very, I mean, the only way to really like wrap my head around this whole thing is just to quote Dr. Who it's wibbly wobbly timey wimey. So. Or maybe yeah, it's not. <laughs> we'll find or maybe out. Maybe not. I don't know. We'll find out. Yeah. We need to talk about that commercial. Okay. Because that commercial, what is it? Lagos? That was a creepy commercial. It was, but it was. This makes me think. They talk about her parents. I wonder if these two people are actually her parents. She's cast them in these commercials because the thing that made me think about it for this episode specifically was they say even dad can clean up messes and just calling him out as obviously he's the commercial dad, you know, and so you could just look at it at surface level. But I wonder if we're looking at her mom and her dad. I don't think we're looking at Magneto, (laughs) but but I do think we might be looking at her mom and dad. At least the people that raised her in Sokovia. Um, and then it's named after the place where she created the situation uh, where she funneled the explosion, but people still got hurt. And so she was doing a good thing, but it did create a tragedy. And then the tagline for this, this paper towel is, you've got a mess. Uh, for when you make a mess, you didn't mean to. That's the tagline. Right. For yeah. when you make a mess, you didn't mean to, which is what happened in in Civil War. Yeah. So that's that's why I, I, it was kind of creepy because it was kind of like making light of a very tragic situation that Wanda had. But all but of this I, is, I mean, go ahead. that's well, that's actually one of my notes is all of this is all about escaping into a light version of reality. Where you have a very special episode and you talk about death, but it's just very surface level. And that's what sitcoms were and have been and are. And all of this feels very much like one of the issues I have, honestly, with Joss Whedon, especially with uh, with with the Avengers movies. Where something serious happens, but we can't let it sit too long before we put in a joke and we just stick in a joke. And I talked about um, when we did our movie episodes, uh, Joss Whedon to me, sometimes as a writer, is like the teenager in the room, you know, who's who's just, yeah. you know, I'm just going to say something silly because I it, we it's gotten too serious too soon. And, and so I need to say something to make it so it's not serious. And do you just, know where Joss Whedon started writing? Yeah, Roseanne. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. So it makes perfect sense for you to be uh, connecting that with these sitcoms. Which, funny enough, for, on Roseanne, they recast Becky, the daughter. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And yeah, then yeah. recast her as the original with the original actress like several seasons later, if I recall correctly. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's just the whole point of this show is she's taking this life that she had and she's recasting life as a sitcom where everything is a joke 
Everything is funny. Mm -hmm. Everything is smiley. Everything is happy, except for Agnes, who seems to, you know, there's some weird stuff going on with her. Although she seemed genuinely surprised. I don't think she knows as much as some people think she knows. She was really surprised when um, the boys said, you can bring someone back from the dead. And she said, you can. And Iwana's like, no, I can't. You can't bring someone back from the dead. We can't run away from this because we can't mm -hmm. do that. And but you know, what about that, that part? That sounds like something a kid, a child of a parent who has major powers can do, or or any um, who really doesn't understand death. Here's what she says to them. She says, "We can't mm -hmm. rush aging just because it's convenient." And then she's talking about we can't reverse death, no matter how sad it makes us. And then I've got another quote here: "The urge to run from this feeling is powerful." And they say, you can fix anything, mom, fix dead. And then that's where Agnes is. You can do that. So, okay. The other line that was really interesting that Agnes had was when, um, vision starts questioning her and she goes, do you want me to take that from the top? Yeah. Oh, yeah. that scene. Oh, did you, did you really listen to the sound style of that scene? It gets really no. quiet and awkward. It, yeah, it yeah. gets really yeah. The canned laughter and the baby crying went during that moment where it's it breaks from what the so called script is. Mm -hmm. It stops. It all stops, and it gets really really awkward. For and a she's moment. almost like mumbling it. You know how you like mm -hmm. talk to someone kind of off to the side a little bit. Yeah. So like that was really interesting. I, I cannot wait to see what the progression of her character is. Yeah, yeah, just what does it mean? It'll be, it's all going to be interesting. It's all going to be interesting. Which that's actually really interesting because she's somewhat aware of what's going on. But like the guys over at Vision's office, they're under clearly under a spell or something. Well, so the question is, and then we've, we can talk about this, but then we got to move on to, to listener feedback. But the question is, okay. does Agnes know more? Is there a reason that Wanda doesn't control her more? What What's the deal with Agnes is really what it comes down to. Because Agnes is talking to what's his head when they were cutting the, the concrete neighbor. wall. Yeah. And and she's she's not letting him ask or answer the question. Uh, she seems to f know something is wrong here, but I'm going to go along with it. Whereas the other people are like, we're in torture. We're in pain. This is awful for us. So maybe she shook it and she's just able to go along with it in such a way that Wanda doesn't have to like Geraldine, Geraldine in her scene, she starts coming out of it and Wanda expels her. Right. But she doesn't expel Agnes. And so I think Agnes is maybe she comes out of it for those moments there but I think that she's also playing along with it in such a way that Wanda doesn't have to expel her. It's just good enough as it is. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Because there's also people, again, who are theorizing some really big things about Agnes. And and we'll just have to wait and see what happens with that. Okay. All right. Last bits of your notes before we move on to listener feedback. Commodore 64 loved that. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that brought back some memories. Yes. Anything else from your notes? 
No, I'm good. Let's get on to listener feedback. Okay. We're going to start with uh, listener feedback from Mike Potit, who is a friend of mine. Uh, he wrote about uh, episode one and two. He said, really enjoy your discussion of WandaVision's first two episodes. I'm one of those listeners joining you new or newish at any rate. I listened way back during your first season, but stopped watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on a regular basis and didn't keep up with the podcast. Glad to see you're still going strong and we'll be covering the MCU on Disney+. Plus. Then he left a message on our website about episode four. We interrupt this program. Fun discussion, gang. Jimmy Woo seems like a really nice guy who just struggles with some social awkwardness. Maybe that's why he learned magic. I didn't recall him from Ant-Man and the Wasp. I did see it, but it didn't matter in answer to your question. And I really liked him right away. I like Dr. Lewis too, but her snark borders on the dismissiveness the dismissive of others, which might in its own way be a thematic mirror to what Wanda is or may be doing to the residents of Westview. I liked Ben's hypothesis that Vision Wanda has maybe created, could talk her out of whatever reality-threatening situation she has inadvertently created in her grief, I assume. Which, side note, he tried to do in this episode. I'd much rather find out this vision is all in her mind rather than her playing with a reanimated corpse. What Ben proposes reminds me of a sequence of the Doctor Who holiday special last Christmas. Have you seen it? I found the hospital overcrowded with blip returnees eerily relevant to pandemic conditions. I think one passing doctor even told Monica, we don't have the capacity. Absolutely a coincidental residence, but a residence nonetheless. Nonetheless, I appreciate the way you all, unlike some others on the internets, have not expressed impatience with more casual Marvel fans like me who didn't figure out all the questions revealed or all the answers revealed in episode four ahead of time. I appreciate why hardcore fans get excited about hashtag it's all connected, but I think shows like WandaVision are opportunities to bring in folks like me who've seen all the movies, but don't have a deep knowledge of the source material in the comics. Looking forward to episode five and to your next episode too. P.S. Think there's anything to Westview having the same WV pattern as the show's title, WandaVision. And I will say this, I think there is definitely something to that, <laughs> for sure. For sure. Uh, then we have Agent Kyle writing in again, saying, okay, after seeing the, the fifth episode, I'm predicting we will see... This is... He's, he's making a declaration here, okay? This is declaration time for everyone here. Okay, after seeing the fifth episode, I'm predicting we will see Magneto in the last episode. I don't know who will be playing him. I kind of hope someone knew, but if I had to bet, it would be Fassbender. Or maybe director Hayward is secretly Magneto. Is that too far-fetched? Although I wouldn't real although it wouldn't really explain why he's so hell-bent on taking her out. Although he would also know they aren't going to kill her no matter how much they try. I don't think it's him, but I'm just throwing it out there in case it is so I can lay claim to it. Boom. Nice job, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Magneto is one of my favorite characters, so I'm trying to get my trying not to get my hopes up. It will probably just be Hugh Jackman showing up again. So. <laughs> Ryan, I I no, Kyle. appreciate Kyle. I appreciate your declaration, sir. <laughs> Me too. That was really good. <laughs> All right, let's see here. Got a voicemail. Hey there, Ben and company. It's Agent Nate sending in his first feedback in a really long time. That's mostly because I've been trying to get caught up on the show. Uh, but I got to tell you, I finished the latest episode, episode five of WandaVision, and I just had to say something 
my mind was blown. I have thankfully been avoiding spoilers and castings and all of that. And so I had no idea at all that this was coming. I did not see that ending coming. Well, I did and I didn't. You got to understand. I've been theorizing with one of my friends that considering that they've been talking about Pietro, that we might actually see him on the show. I was thinking most likely he'd be some sort of a construct because I've been operating. Uh, I'll try not to spoil too much because I've read the comics, you know, because I've read Avengers Disassembled and House of M. So I was go- my mind was going in that direction, albeit that this would be a loose adaptation. So I thought Pietro would be a construct. And the thing that I thought would make it interesting is I thought there's really only two people that I could think of who could keep Wanda, well, could make Wanda stop what she's doing, either Vision or her brother. So I've been expecting him to show up. I did not expect it to be the X-Men version. <laughs> I was expecting Aaron Taylor Johnson. I thought he was going to come back. And I freaked out. I was literally yelling at my TV. And the presentation of it was amazing. Where they open the door and he, she doesn't, she sees him, but the audience doesn't see him. Then the camera's behind him and he sees his white hair. So you still think it's Aaron Taylor Johnson. And then it's not. And it's the other guy. And is that he's recast him. And it's just, I have so many questions. I have so many questions right now. Is he a construct? Is this a multiverse thing? Is he a, someone from the town that she has recast as her brother? So many things. So many questions that I don't know when they're going to be answered. I am so excited for this show. I can't wait for what's going to happen next. I absolutely love it. Now, with all of that out of the way, if you'll excuse me, I have to get back to my post on Monster Island because I have a podcast there to continue hosting. Talk to you guys later. Keep up the great work. God bless. Bye. So that's my friend Nate. And actually, he uh, has been on a few episodes of Strangers and Aliens with me. And he actually went and saw a movie with, uh, with what's the guy's name? Quicksilver. Aaron Taylor Johnson. Yeah. Am I right? Which one? Aaron Taylor Johnson or? Aaron Taylor Johnson. Well, anyway, I went and saw the the Godzilla reboot from a few years ago. Ah. I went and saw that with him in the theater, which had also, uh, well, it had, it had Wanda and it had, had Quicksilver because uh, if you remember, (laughs) they were brother and sister in Avengers, but they were husband and wife in Godzilla. So that was a, a little odd, odd connection. But anyway, uh, yeah. So he sent me some messages on Facebook and, and I, and he said, oh, I should just send you some feedback. And I said, please do. And yeah, that is, he, he does a podcast called the monster Island film vault, by the way. So if you like Godzilla, check out his podcast. I guessed it on an episode there. That's the uh, reaction you wanted to have, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, let's uh, let's hear what 084 has to say. Agent 084 writes to us from uh, Patreon and says, So much happened. I don't even know how to process it all. It, this is definitely my favorite episode of the show so far, but I'm sure it'll keep getting better from here. I do wonder just how many things they're seeding with this one series. 
Doctor Strange 2 and Spider-Man 3, clearly a Fox mutant crossing over, finally. Captain Marvel 2 with Monica's origin and maybe Kamala's if the Maximoff anomaly replaces the comic's Terrigen Bomb. Young Avengers with Billy and Tommy. And I've even heard that the astrophysicist and large containment vessel mentioned could lead to Fantastic Four. All that to say, generally, the projects that serve as MCU linchpins, like Iron Man 2 and Age of Ultron, aren't looked back on favorably. Civil War was the rare one that managed to jumpstart characters and still hold up really well. And I'm happy to see that this show is living up to that incredibly difficult task. Keep it up, Marvel. Until next time, 084. Yeah, I agree. This this is interesting because it could be one of those things where, yeah, we're just introducing characters who are going to show up in other things and be in other things. Iron Man 2 introduced Black Widow. Um, Civil War introduced Black Panther. Um, Age of Ultron introduced Vision and Scarlet Witch somewhat. But yeah. I hadn't um, thought of this that way. Is every movie supposed to, in every TV project, supposed to introduce a new character from the MCU? Well, I mean, they don't At have to, one. but they have been. <laughs> so I because I, I think I remember reading that somewhere from um, Fight Kev Dog um, that he said something that that was the goal that every movie or every TV show is supposed to introduce a new character that's supposed to go forward uh, in the entire universe. It makes sense. Yeah, but you, then you do have something like Civil War where it's like we're introducing a really big character who's going to have his own movie next time. Right. Yes. Two, actually. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. we got Spidey in that. Agent Dylan writes in to say, you didn't see that coming? Got to say I did from the moment the doorbell rang since I saw the leaked footage. <laughs> Love the way they're lampshading the other Darren trope. We didn't even talk about the Darrens from Bewitched. <laughs> but obviously, it seems Wanda's not exactly in full control here. Could Agnes have sent him? There's a theory going around, in hand with the theory that she's a character from the Marvel comics, that he's actually uh, Mephisto. There's also a theory that her Vera Peterson-like husband, Ralph, is Mephisto. That's uh, First of all, Mephisto is kind of the Marvel Comics version of the devil, and Vera Peterson is Norm Peterson from Cheers. It's his wife, who you never actually see, but he does talk about quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I think she may have even made Monica say he was killed by Ultron, wasn't he, in Episode 3, just to get her out of the way. After all, she can't have someone else interfering with her plans. Indeed, one of Agnes's very first lines, oh, this is going to be a gas Almost feels like it's foreshadowing a reveal that she's gaslighting Wanda. Another person I'm not trusting, Hayward. Maybe he's AIM. Would that explain, or that would explain the beekeeper suits, that's for sure. And how about Monica's reaction to hearing Carol's name? Is she blaming her for Maria's cancer? After all, Carol has Infinity Stone coursing through her veins. Side note, Maria's death and Monica's snapping definitely makes me view Carol's body language and vocal tone in the post-credits of her movie and in Endgame much differently. The former also made me check out Higher, Further, Faster, the novel, not the trade paperback from my library. Speaking of post-credits, I'm pretty sure this is the first time we get an in-universe post-credits scene, (laughs) unless you count Darcy taking notes in the first episode. Agent Dylan signing off. P.S. Did you catch that rainbow painting in the kitchen? Thought it was a nice touch. Hashtag trip lives. Hashtag 
Maria lives. And I did not catch that, but I did see people talking about it online. And some of that comes down to, um, what are the boys' names again? Billy and... Billy and Tommy. Billy and Tommy. Um, one of them, I believe, is bisexual in the comics, and the other is gay in the comics. I'm, okay. I can't remember which is which. Again, I don't know those characters very well. But I think people were saying that the rainbow um, painting in the kitchen was was referencing that. So. Or Agent, it could just be something that kids frequently paint. They, that's also true. Yeah. <laughs> that's also true. Uh, Agent Oliver says, hey, guys and gals, so glad to have you over all over again. Oh, this is – Agent Oliver wrote this in right after last episode. We recorded last episode, and I was so disappointed because we couldn't read it. But this is kind of him reintroducing. Uh, hey, guys and gals, so glad to have you all over again. I've been so lonely with these lockdowns, even after all this time apart. It feels like we haven't skipped a beat, but that's normal for best buds from what I hear. I hope you feel the same way. Anyways, now that we're all together again, I was thinking, how could they possibly have sword without mentioning shield? It's got to happen. I can't help but think the characters are real people held against their will by Wanda. Speaking of which, have I mentioned how great it is to have you back? If everyone is real, are the twins real? Will they be characters moving forward? Did Wanda keep the body of dead vision and now she's weakened at Bernie's hitting this corpse around? This could get pretty disturbing. Speaking of, I feel so much better now that you're over. May I feed you a snack? Your best friend, Agent Oliver. Then he also wrote in and said, also, if this is all created by Wanda, how does she know about S.W.O.R.D.? Why is, is that part of her world? And I think that she was around long enough to be able to, um, I mean, she infiltrated the S.W.O.R.D. base, so she would know the, them from that. That is our feedback. Any final words on this episode before we go to our post credit, which will be us reading our transcript from Facebook. <laughs> we'll see how good that ends up being. That's why it's post credit. Cause it doesn't have to be good when it's post credit. I love this episode. I'm happy this season. And yes, agent Oliver, I'm glad we're back too. I would like to thank, actually, before I thank our Patreon patrons, I'd like to thank the people who responded to our podcast. Kyle, Nathan, 084, Dylan, and Oliver, thank you. I would also like to thank our Patreon patrons, Jeff, Jeffrey, Tassel, Blessed Cheesemaker, and 084 again. Thank you very much. All right. And so with all that said, I want to say uh, thank you so much to everyone who, um, oh, man. Man, I messed it up. I messed it up. Hang on. Hang on. Should we just take it from the top? Thanks for listening to Welcome to Level 7. You've heard from us. Now we'd love to hear from you. You can leave us a voicemail by calling one seven seven five five level 7 That's one seven seven five 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 three eight three five seven. Or send us an email to feedback at welcome to level 7com Just don't forget, the 7 is spelled out. You can also go to welcome to level 7com slash feedback and leave us a message there. Or join us on our Facebook group, facebook.com slash welcome to level 7 The 7 is spelled out. And don't forget, if you'd like to support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash welcome to level seven, the seven is spelled out, and become a Patreon supporter there. Once again, thanks so much for listening, and Godspeed.
All right, uh, let's take it from the top, everyone. Uh, position one. <laughs> and we're going to read our uh, Facebook Facebook script that we made here uh, for our conversation. So, Stuart. And don't and- forget to also explain your emojis and your gifts. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Dramatically explain oh. them. By the way, speaking of. they are important to the conversation. Speaking of describing visually, one of the reasons why people think that it is Quicksilver from the movies for sure is because the captioning for the visually impaired uh, says uh, Quicksilver appears at the door from the X Men movies or something like that. So. Okay. All right. Take it from. from- the top. Take it from page seven in five in four, three, two. I'm making an official prediction. The X-Men have been introduced. And then a few hours later, a declaration, if you will. I'm not quite there. Just remember, I said it first. Smiley face emoji. (laughs) Just remember, I didn't not say it. I'm just straddling three different theories. I'd love to hear the other two. (laughs) A, multiverse. B, dude is a bad guy. C, dude is stunt casting. It's actually some rando from Cleveland that she pulled out of his taxi cab. Zendaya looking confused. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag save it for the show. That last one is oddly specific. It's for explanatory purposes. I wanted to stop any replies because I'm um, I almost did. Zendaya and I are confused. Theory three is that Evan Peters is playing someone who is just a stunt cast. He's not Quicksilver from a multiverse or anything like that. He's just a random guy that Wanda is making him play part the play the part of her brother. So a legit question I will ask in the show is, do we have any real world reason Pietro was recast? And then I'm actually continuing my line from before because I we were typing this at the same time. And I say, like Meredith Baxter playing Elise Keaton to be the mother of Michael J. Fox's Alex P. Keaton and Family Ties. And then she shows up in Spin City to play Michael P. Keaton's mom in that show. Stunt casting, two different shows, two different moms, one actress. Right. So is something like that happening here? No. Don't tell me. Hashtag save it for the show. And then I told him anyway, that's theory C. (laughs) Um, Okay. So who is the dude playing her brother in the show? Not AOU. H. Voltron. Which is also, wasn't her name Scarlet Witch in the movies? He plays Pietro slash Quicksilver in the X-Men universe. Evan Peters is brother in the show. She never used that name. Mind blown. Wait, you didn't know that? Nope. What? It's it's okay, though. My action, my reaction will still be the same. What movie is Quicksilver in, in the X-Men cinematic universe? And then I linked a video from YouTube of Quicksilver in X-Men Days of Future Past, where he is introduced. I I haven't seen that one yet. 
I think it's on D plus. That that might be a thing to watch. Yep, it's on D plus. He's in X Men Days of Future Past, X Men Apocalypse, X Men Dark Phoenix, dot dot dot, and an uncredited appearance in Deadpool two. Man, I wish we had caught that on tape. I'm a pretty good actor, and and I'm pretty forgetful. So Sanchez, are I'll forget about it before we record. <laughs> Me too. But now Stuart has homework. Now, can we please save the rest of the conversation for the show? I can't remember where I got on my last XCU watch. I know I got past the Bad Wolverine movie with the bad Deadpool. An idea for an after credit. (laughs) We recreate this conversation as an audio recording. You can skip watching Deadpool 2. Their appearances blink and miss it quick and starts at about 45 second mark. And then I link the Deadpool clip. I saw Deadpool 2. I don't remember it all. See? Goldfish memory. A gif of Captain America saying language, and then FYI in the Deadpool clip. Okay. I personally think you need to cut that at the end of, man, I wish we'd got that on tape. Okay. Because that's where the joke is. Yeah. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. So you're right. Except the conversation keeps on going <laughs> do, and do, do you want this to... is what i'm saying i i was not a part of this conversation so much yeah. as as it might be remembered by other people <laughs> <laughs> so so the rest of the conversation is me saying oh uh i'll watch days of future past oh i, I remember i did watch origins wolverine and a little bit of first class and then i stopped and Samantha chimes in for a little bit, and then I said, "I'm <laughs> a little honest. bit." Well, <laughs> Stuart forgot where this character was, and and he knew where you know the he didn't understand where, uh, where this other Quicksilver came from, and I thought, well, here's a good place to insert that information so he can catch up because homework. I, I I got that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying the ha- the hashtag saver for the show was coming after three paragraphs. <laughs> and I think that we all failed to save it for the show. <laughs> I think that's where our problem was. I think Ben is trying to say that he failed it less. I failed at least, <laughs> yes. Still failure, um, right, but least right. failure. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. But I wanted to make sure that, that Stuart was fully informed when we went oh. for the recording tonight, so... Because he did not know where this character came from, so. And I did make my kids watch that scene, uh, the time in the bottle scene, because that was something oh, like you guys, you got to see this. Because yeah. now, now they have a little better um, perspective on him. So. Oh, also, so I watched spo- about spoiler for days. Twenty of minutes. Past, of- um, you do see Pietro or Peter at the end of. Um, <laughs> very quick. Very quick. <laughs> Um, right, you do see Pietro very quick, uh, quickly at the end of Days, Days of Future Past watching the X-Men fighting on the news, and he's holding a little girl in his lap, and that's assumed to be um, Wanda, yeah. the sister in that okay. version. Okay. Now, see, I didn't cut you off like I should have. I didn't finish Days of Future Past. I okay. watched about 20 minutes of it this morning, and then I stopped <laughs> and watched something else. So, thanks. I guess I don't need to see it now. Well, I I would say, yeah, see, the thing is, the set of X-Men movies that you haven't seen yet 
are some really good superhero movies. So X-Men first class, X-Men days of future past apocalypse, not so much, but it's still okay. And, and then dark Phoenix, eh. but first class and days of future past are pretty good uh, X-Men movies that really are, are connected, but aren't, but they are. And it's a really wonky timeline that you have in the X-Men cinematic universe. So anyway, yeah, it's time for bed. It is. Yes. Good night. Good night, gentlemen. Talk to you guys later. Bye.